Lives into Legacies. Live in Word with Pastor Mensah Otterville. And now, today's word. There are four observations that Elihu makes. The first observation that Elihu makes is that wisdom is not based on age. Wisdom is not based on age. That's a very important observation. Age does not guarantee wisdom. The convention is that as a person gets older, we assume that they are getting wiser. We assume that as people grow older in age, they learn from their mistakes and they do things better. However, age by itself does not make one wise. It is possible to find people who are old in age, yet children in understanding. And it's possible to find people who have grown old, but have not changed. They haven't changed. I told a story once where I was at a funeral and, um, you know, in Ghana, we, we dance every time. So, you know, people are dead and we, we, we are dancing. And so they were dancing at the funeral. <laughs> we, don't, we don't have balance. <laughs> so they, they're dancing at the funeral. And I'm sitting there watching the funeral. I saw this old lady, probably in her 80s, dancing. And she's old. And I just looked at the moves of her dance. And the way she was twisting her waist and wiggling her waist and the gestures of her dance in her 80s. And I just said, this is a bad girl. <laughs> Who hasn't changed? She was bad at 16 and bad at 86. <laughs> no change. Age doesn't mature people. As a matter of fact, age can only make you more experienced in the wrong thing. So when you assume that because somebody is older, they are wiser, you are assuming wrong. And that's what Elihu is saying. I thought the older people knew better. But really, wisdom is not age-dependent. It's not age-dependent. We would have wished that older people were wiser, but the reality of life is that age does not necessarily make you wiser. The second observation that Elihu makes is that wisdom is not based on position. Verse 9, he says, great men are not always wise. Elihu realized that having a high position in life does not make you wise. Wisdom is not tied to a position or a title. We Africans have high regard for age, and the second thing we have high regard for is titles and positions, the big man. So once the big man has spoken, that is it. The big man knows it all. Well, according to Elihu, Great men are not always wise. There are people with high titles and low intelligence. There are people who are in 
high positions but do not have wisdom. And don't ever, don't ever equate position with wisdom. And don't ever assume that just because somebody has a position, he has the wisdom. Wisdom is not title or position dependent. So if wisdom is not based on title and is not based on age, then what is wisdom based on? Well, Elihu makes a third observation. He says there is a spirit in man. So what is Elihu saying? That wisdom comes out of the spirit, not from the flesh, not from the body. Wisdom is spiritual. Wisdom comes through our spirit. Godly wisdom is spiritual. There is a spirit in man. There is a spirit in man. The spirit in man is where his wisdom or her wisdom comes out of. The fourth observation that Elihu makes is that wisdom is received through inspiration. And the inspiration or the breath of the Almighty gives him understanding. The breath of the Almighty. The old King James says the inspiration of the Almighty, but the new King James, which I read now, says the breath of the Almighty. And it's saying the same thing. Inspiration means in-breathed. But I like the phrase of the phrase, the breath of the Almighty. The breath of the Almighty. Wisdom is not a wind. Wisdom is a breath. A wind is strong. A breath is soft. So wisdom is usually not loud. Wisdom normally comes to us, comes to us very softly. It doesn't shout. It comes very softly. And that's why it's possible to miss wisdom. Because wisdom is an inspiration. And it's a breath. The voice of wisdom is usually a soft breath. So, it's not age. It's not title. And I believe Elihu's observation is scriptural. Because it, it agrees with Scripture. The first time the Bible says that somebody has wisdom, we've talked about that already, was in the book of Exodus chapter 31, from verse 1. It says, Then the Lord spoke to Moses, saying, See, I have called by name Bezalel, the son of Uri, the son of Hur, of the tribe of Judah, and I have filled him with the Spirit of God in wisdom. So, Bezalel's wisdom is based on the inspiration of the Almighty. Because wisdom comes from God. It is an inspiration of the Almighty. And that's why you can find somebody who is young in age. But if his spirit is in tune with God, wisdom will flow through him. And find somebody who is older. But if they are not in touch with God, wisdom will not flow through them. If you want to be wise, you have to receive the inspiration of the Almighty. So, 
I'm going to now talk about seven ways to get wisdom. Seven ways. The first one is very obvious. If you want to be wise, you start at the very beginning. The fear of the Lord. Proverbs 9.10, the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. And the knowledge of the Almighty and the knowledge of the Holy One is understanding. This is where wisdom starts. It starts with an acknowledgement of God in our lives. To have wisdom, we have to realize we are not our own creators. That there is somebody who is above us, who made us, whom we are accountable to. The fear of the Lord, the reverence for God, the respect for God, the honor of the things of God. Wisdom starts with the fear of the Lord. If you miss that, you can't get wisdom. It starts with the fear of the Lord. That's number one. Number two, the second way to get wisdom is by listening and learning. Listening and learning. It's very difficult to get wisdom when you're always talking. Proverbs chapter 1 verse 5 says, A wise man will hear and increase learning, and a man of understanding will attain wise counsel. A, man, a wise man will hear and increase learning. This is how Solomon started his journey of wisdom. If you read Proverbs chapter 1, he tells us where he got his wisdom from. From his father, listening and learning, listening and learning. He started that way before he later prayed for it. The prayer is not what began the wisdom. The wisdom started by listening and learning. And we find the same example with Jesus Christ. Jesus at 12 years old spent time in the temple listening. Listening to older people. Was he the son of God? Yes. Was he the redeemer? Yes. He was actually the creator of the people he was talking to. But he showed us if you're going to be wise, you don't start by talking. You start by listening. Now Jesus was 12 years old. He could have stood in front of all those priests in the temple and said, hey, don't you know who I am? I am Jesus, the son of the living God. I created the heavens and the earth. And I'm here to teach you. But Jesus, as a human, showed us if you're going to be anything, if you're going to be wise in this world, you start by listening. Solomon says you start by listening. If Jesus says you start by listening, and Solomon says you start by listening, then I guess you have to start listening. I have never seen anyone who talks and doesn't listen become wise. Because if you get tired of listening, get tired of keeping quiet and hearing and observing and evaluating, you'll never be wise. 
The fear of the Lord is the beginning. Listening introduces you to ideas. Wisdom is gained by observing and learning from the things that happen around you. Fear the Lord, number one. Number two, listen. Number three, make friends with the wise. Proverbs chapter 13, verse 20. He who walks with wise men and women will be wise, but the companion of fools will be destroyed. So just ask yourself, am I a companion of fools? Or I walk with people. Do an audit of your friends. Don't tell them. Do it quietly. Look at the 10 people closest to you. 10 people whose advice you listen to. 10 people you bounce off ideas with. If you're going to make a decision, whom will you talk to? For those of you who are young, if you are going to marry, who are the people you will consult with and say, listen, I, I've seen this young man I want to marry. Or listen, I've seen this lady I want to marry. What do you think? Who are those people? Write down their names and evaluate. Are they wise or fools? <laughs> now, you, you wish all your friends were wise, but it's a free world. You're going to make an investment. Who are the top people you're going to talk to? Make a list of them. You're going to make a decision. You're going to make an important choice in life. Who are the people you talk to? Have you taken note of the people whose opinion you seek and the people who advise you? Do an audit of the quality of advice they've given you so far. Whose advice gets you into trouble? And whose advice gets you out of trouble? Those whose advice always gets you into trouble, they may be nice looking, they may be your best friends, they may be your closest friends, but they are not wise. They are the opposite of wise. And if you continue to keep fools in your closest circle of friends, you will be foolish. You remember the story of Solomon's son. Rehoboam. Rehoboam was the child of a wise man. But he was one of the most unwise kings of Israel. He's going to make a decision. And he talks to the companions of his father, Solomon, who advised him on how to manage the country. And they told him, listen, lower the taxes of the people, let life be easier for them, and, and, they, and they would love you. And he says, no, 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 I need to see second opinion. Second opinion is not always right. He talks to his friends. And he says, well, the people are saying I should reduce taxes. What should I do? They say, oh, the people, they'll talk and talk. To them. Nothing will happen. Nothing will happen. They just talk, 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 talk. Tell them that they think they are suffering, but they haven't seen anything. <laughs> Tell them, because me, Rehoboam, my little finger is thicker than my father's waist. That's what he said. So tell them, what they saw under my father, <laughs> and his companions told him, if you do that, if you are hard, 
they will respect you and respect your power. And after he told the people that, they said to your tents, Oh Israel, everybody leave him. Let him govern himself. And from that time, the kingdom was split into two. Advice. Rehoboam, who are the people you speak with? Make friends with wise people. If you know somebody who is wise, get close to the person. And don't make decisions without consulting somebody you perceive to be wise. In the multitude of counselors, not in the multitude of counsel. Counselors. There are people who give counsel who are not counselors. In the multitude of counselors, there is safety. Not just multitude of advice, because multitude of bad advice will not make you safe. Just because you've listened to 10 people who are all unwise does not mean all of a sudden, because 10 foolish people have advised you, the advice has turned into wisdom. No. It is the quality of the person advising you that gives you the safety. In the multitude of counselors, people who are wise, there is safety. How many counselors are in your life? And I'm not talking about how many people counsel you, but how many of them are counselors? If you, are, you have a marriage problem, you go and talk to somebody who himself couldn't manage his own problem. <laughs> Sometimes you talk to your father about your marriage problem. He said, Daddy, my wife is giving me problems, so and this marriage is hard. Your father said, oh, don't worry, women, that's how they are. <laughs> you come, I'll show you how I, I dealt with all the women, including your mother, I'll show you. <laughs> now, he is advising you, but is he a counselor? He has age. He's lived longer. But what's the quality of his experience? What's the quality of the experience of somebody who failed? The only way his advice will become qualitative if, if he tells you, this is what I did and failed and don't do it. But if he recommends his failure to you, have the strength of character to reject it. Maybe your mother, your father, your uncle, your aunt, your pastor. And not all pastors are wise. Now, I can't criticize other pastors, but not all pastors are wise. Not all. Some are good preachers, 